is up Bruin Bible listeners we have another advertisement for you we are so lucky to be sponsored by the great people at Athletic Greens Uh, I started taking Athletic Greens specifically because I was lacking energy lacking focus throughout the day and needed some special pick-me-up ingredients to make things happen in my life Athletic Greens has done just that I've become absolutely addicted to the process it has over 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, adaptogens to make your life easier uh, by doing this during the day. I like to take it to start my mornings off. I like to do it before a workout. It makes you feel energized, focused, and just have a lot more energy throughout the day than I typically expected. But right now, is the, it's the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. Uh, That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Uh, To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash LAFB. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash LAFB to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance Athletic Greens, a game changer when it comes to your health and your focus and your mindset. Now to the Bruin Bible. What's up, Bruin Bible listeners? This is your host, Will Decker. Wanted to bring you the sponsors for today's episode, Bet Online, where the gambling starts. I've got a bunch of good bets going on right now. I've got the Lakers making the playoffs. We've got futures bets coming around for MLB baseball. March Madness is around the corner. NBA playoffs on the horizon, too. Make sure to check out all of the gambling and all of your gambling needs at Bet Online where the gambling starts. Make sure to use promo code LAFB to get a little discount. Uh, everything is great on Bet Online. I use it weekly for all my gambling needs. Make sure to check it out. LAFB gambling, and now to the Bruin Bible. What is up, and welcome back to your favorite podcast in the offseason for UCLA football. Will Decker, your host. I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend. He's not a businessman. He's a business man. Mr. Jamal Madney in the cut. One of my favorite people to talk to about UCLA football, life, you name it. Madman, how are we feeling, especially with UCLA getting this number two seed when it comes to the hardwood? Feeling great, Will, and uh, so great to be on as always. This is home. I've always said that, and and you are a brother from another mother. So it's always great to be on, my man, and very excited. Obviously, there was a lot of conversation and consideration of whether UCLA should be a one seat, frankly. And, you know, but a two in the West, basically in terms of all of the major polls, USA Today coaches poll, as well as some of the deeper analytics polls like Ken Palm and others, UCLA has been a top two to four team the whole year in the entire country. And so this is a team that is the fifth best odds to win the national title going into the tournament. And this is one of those years where they have a great combination of senior leadership and some younger guys with some NBA type upside. 
and you put that together and, and magic could happen. Now, they're in the West, so they're going to have their fans travel. The West is a little bit of a group of debt this year in the NCAA tournament with the likes of Gonzaga and Kansas. So it should be really fun. But I've got the Bruins going to the Final Four, and I've got my Bruins winning the whole thing. And wouldn't that be so special and inspiring, Will, for the football team to see the basketball team win it all and really as, as to supercharge their 2023 season? So I'm fired up. The madness is in March, and here we go. Man, it's just a great time to be a UCLA fan. We saw what the soccer team did in the fall this year. Softball was ranked number one a couple weeks ago. Still going to have a chance to take the whole thing in softball. Basketball, you know, top five odds to, you know, win the entire NCAA basketball tournament. And football is taking a turn for the better. And to kind of, you know, celebrate that March Madness this year, one of the best times in college fandom as a whole Madman, I got to give you all the credit on this one. You came up with this concept. We are going to compare which UCLA basketball players on the current roster with this team that we've gotten to know over the past few years are most similar to UCLA players on the current roster. It's a fun kind of cross-referencing exercise. And, you know, I did my lunch break today at the office. I'm checking out highlights of, you know, your Tiger Campbells, your Jaime Hawkeses, your Jalen Clarks, your Amari Bailey's just to try to find which player, you know, with their personality and what they bring to the table would be good fits. Madman, how much time and thought have you put into this concept? Because I think this is going to be one of the better, you know, kind of ideas we've had on the Bruin Bible. Thriller, I, I think about this a lot. I, I bleed UCLA football and basketball, you know. So when you say how much have I prepared – you know, a better question is asking my wife, how much time have I spent not listening to her when she's talking about really important things? Because that's the correlation of how much time I've prepared for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a, a fun one to kind of get it into you guys for UCLA fans before the tournament. Make sure you're watching. There are two seeds. They're going to be playing UNC Asheville in the death bracket, you know, which is the West. But if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. We love it with UCLA. We're a competitive bunch. The guy I want to start with, Jaime Hawkes. It's a guy that, you know, I think in the classic college spectrum, he's been one of the, you know, favorites of UCLA fans over his last three to four years on campus. And just a guy that, you know, you, you have the classic college basketball player that feels like they've been there for like six or seven years. That's how we feel with Jaime. And it's not, you know, to say that we've, you know, it's because we hated it. We've loved every second of having Jaime on campus. A guy that's a, you know, in the running for national player of the year this year. A guy that's, you know, holds several records for UCLA. This is an interesting one. I've got my take on who I think would be best fit for him at UCLA on the current roster and the construction. But I got to give it over to you, my man. Who is Jaime Hawkes' comparison on the football field for this iteration of UCLA? So, Will, I'm going to ask you a question here before we jump right in, just to, just to solidify the rules. We're talking 2023 football season, right? Or we're not, yeah. not 2022, not the guys that have just graduated, but 2023, the upcoming season. I'll allow it if it is, you know, you can talk yourself through every argument. Is your Jaime Hawkes comparison, is it to somebody that played last year? No, so Will, for me, I'm I'm going. You could there's there's a Jaime Hawkes on the 22 team. There's a Jaime Hawkes on the 23 team. For me, when you say Jaime Hawkes, you talk about 
the heart and soul of the team, a guy who, like you mentioned, Will, played for five years, who loves UCLA, who's had to go through a lot of adversities to get to where he is and become a superstar of this team. He was really thought of as a role player to begin with, a sixth, seventh man type of individual, worked on his game tirelessly to get to where he is, had to climb so many obstacles to get to where he is today and really epitomizes the values, the true Bruin values of UCLA, of integrity, of honesty, of work ethic, of doing things the right way. And so for me, when you look at that and you look at who's on this upcoming 2023 roster that solidifies that, to me, it's Leatu Latu. Latu yes. to me is the Hakez of the football team with everything that Latu has gone through over the course of his career. Obviously, we've talked about the injuries, not being able to potentially play football ever again, not potentially being able to walk again and to be able to overcome all of those things and lead the Pac-12 uh, just about in sacks for most of the year and just have the type of year that he had and the impact on this team. And make no mistake, Leatu Latu is going to be the heart and soul of this defense next year as the bridge to the Murphy Twins and the bridge to the Moasals and the bridge to the John John Vonses and to the secondary. And so to me, Latu is to the football team what Hakez has been to the basketball team as the heart, the soul, the spirit, the mascot. And you just root for these guys. When they do well, it's almost like humanity does well. You know, it reinforces your hope in the world, your love for sports, your love for people. And so to me, Hakez and Latu go hand in hand. No, it's a perfect fit, and great minds think alike, Madman, as that was my pick, too. And you look at the age, you look at the fact that Latu is deciding to come back for UCLA like Hawkes did last year. You look at the hardware where Latu has comeback player of the year, and he was in the running for Pac-12 defensive player of the year. Hawkes, you know, likely to be named Pac-12 you know, player of the year, in the running for national player of the year. And just that leadership that, that, that age has, you know, on the, on the court and on the field alike, it is such a synonymous, you know, comparison there. And I, I love it, man. Latu was my pick for Hawkes. So we are one for one to start this off. Both those guys, man, just ultimate Bruins. We wish them nothing but the best. Hawkes still got some time to go. Latu still got another season at the Rose Bowl. So a lot more fun stuff coming up for both those dudes. The next guy I'm going to take it to. And, you know, we've got five or six guys that we're going to be comparing to the, the five to six guys that have really captured Bruins hearts when it comes to playing at Pauley Pavilion. And the next guy I got to go with is another savvy vet, man. A guy that has the best hair in college basketball. One of my favorite players, the point guard on the field, your number one in your heart, Mr. Tiger Campbell. I'm just a, a cool college name that you're just never going to forget. I love Tiger Campbell, what he brings to the table. You know, leads the team in assists right now, close to five. He's passing the dimes all around. Tiger Campbell, who is he comparable to you as a UCLA, you know, alum and diehard brother? You know, Will, when I think of Tiger Campbell, I think of the engine of the team and the, you know, with the senior leadership and he loves to have the ball in his hands and makes the right decisions and, and bleeds for this team. And two years ago, he was top seven nationally in assists and, you know, has had to sort of orchestrate this team, led the team on that magical final four run of 2021 from first four to final four, 
uh, where where the whole city was lit up, uh, you know, right after COVID. You know, all of the major spots, whether it was City Hall, whether it was the Santa Monica Pier, whether it was down in Newport Beach, were all blue and gold, uh, you know, representing UCLA for that magical run to the Final Four. First team since VCU to do that. And, and VCU and UCLA, the only two teams ever to go from first four to Final Four. Campbell synonymizes everything about team, everything about production, and everything about being selfless. And so many times... It's the Hakez is. A couple of years ago, it was Johnny Juzang. A couple of years before that, you know, all of these stars kind of get the big pub. And sometimes Campbell takes a back seat, but he is the glue. And when I look at this 2023 team, who do I see as a glue player? And I'm going to go back on defense here, Will, ironically Ooh. enough. And to me, it's Darius Moasel. Darius Moasel oh, being the captain of the defense, much in the way Tiger Campbell is sort of the captain and running the team on offense, you know, their, their intellect, their mentality, but being those blue guys where in 2023, if UCLA is going to be really successful, what are the first names we're going to be thinking of? We're going to be thinking about Dante Moore and Harden, and we're going to be thinking about Sachs with the Murphy Twins. But Moasau with the tackles, with the closing speed, with that, that beautiful Manti Teo comparison, Will, that you made several months ago, he is the glue. Without Moasal, this team will not reach its potential, much in the way that the basketball team without Tiger Campbell is not going to reach its potential. So those two, to me, are very much kindred spirits. Wow. Love the Moasal comparison. Leader of the defense, leader of the floor, you know, for the Bruins. I've got an interesting one on this one. I want to hear your take. Because I think when you think of a Chip Kelly designed team, there's one thing that comes to mind first. And it's the run game. So in a weird way, you know, with Tiger Campbell, his, he's at his greatest when he's running in the open floor. You know, he's looking to facilitate. It's a three-on-two in the other direction. He's got his man, you know, Hawkes in the corner. And he had Jalen Clark for the rest of the season on his left-hand side. So he's, he's on the run and he's gunning. And I think because he is the, jet, the floor general, it's what makes the whole thing work. The run game for UCLA is how the whole thing works for UCLA on offense. Everyone that knows Chip Kelly knows he's a mastermind when it comes to the run game. So the guy I pegged him as was TJ Harden. And I know a little different because, you know, Tiger is, you know, the savvy veteran and Harden is kind of just coming to his own. But I think in terms of importance for next year, we have Harden, you know, we have more stock in TJ Harden's future than I think anybody else does in the UCLA fandom. And we saw it the last two games. And I think for UCLA to reach those heights, I mean, we were, you know, the last time we talked, we were flirting with them, you know, being in the Pac-12 title game this year, if everything goes right for them. And I think for them to reach those heights, especially with, you know, in all likelihood, a true freshman quarterback taking over, you know, we expect them to be very good. But at the same time, you know, he's, he's going to be making mistakes. He's 18 years old. He's going to the college level. I think for them to reach the ceiling that they have, they need a floor general on the field. And for me, that's TJ Harden. What do you think about that take, man? I love it, Will. I love it. And, and I think that's the beauty of this game and exercise that we're playing because it really sort of zooms in on the things that matter to individual analysts, to individual fans, what really compels them mentally and what really pulls at their heartstrings. And I love the analogy of, Tiger Campbell being the glue to the offense. And when you think of a Chip Kelly run offense, the first thing you think of is run game. And obviously TJ Harden has to be a leading man. And so I love that analogy. And I completely agree with you in the regard that for UCLA to be 
the double-digit win team that we know they can be, for them to be the team that's in the Pac-12 championship game, threatening for a conference title, threatening for even more moving forward, Harden is going to have to be kind of the bread and butter in terms of the football scheme, the way that Tiger Campbell is the bread and butter for UCLA's offense. Everything sort of begins with Campbell, top of the key, dribbling, surveying the field, assessing the defense, making right decisions, getting into pick and roll or getting on the wing, finding a post player or sort of going around the baseline, popping it over to a wide open shooter for a three. So everything is sort of starts with Tiger Campbell and then you get variation off of that much in the way it's all going to begin with that stretch zone run play to TJ Harden. And then all the variation comes off of that in terms of RPO, in terms of getting the tight ends involved, in terms of the deep ball, in terms of misdirection and so forth. So I love that approach and I love that perspective. I think it's just the importance on both sides. You, you know, said it so poetically there with the Tiger Campbell and TJ Harden comparison. This guy was my favorite player, and I just want to wish him success moving into the future, especially off this serious injury. Jalen Clark, this guy was my favorite player to watch this year. And, you know, I think a lot of UCLA fans are just, you know, hurt that he cannot play in the tournament. Our thoughts and prayers go out to him. This guy meant as much to the UCLA program this year as anybody in Jalen Clark. Who is your comparison? I've got one in the back of my mind uh, that I hope you do not use on this one. Uh, but I am excited to hear your take as I know you're going to kill it any way you go. Thriller, you know, first of all, Jalen Clark is one of my favorite Bruins. And I'm just, I was so happy for him this year where he broke through. He won Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. And it was so ominous and poetic in a way because at the start of the season, if you recall on Twitter, he said, this is going to be my Russell Westbrook year in Westwood. And he was the first Bruin to be named Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year since Russell Westbrook in 2008. And when you think of Jalen Clark, I mean, it's, it's really the primary reason why Jalen Clark's injury, why UCLA is a two seed and has the fifth best odds of winning the national championship versus being a one seed and potentially the favorite or the co-favorite to win the whole thing. Jalen Clark means that much to this team. But when you think about Jalen Clark, besides obviously the values and what he epitomizes and just a great guy to root for, the first thing you think of when you think of Clark is two-way player. Arguably the Ooh. best two-way player in America, offensively and defensively. He's going to lock up your best guy on defense and then on offense. He's got that beautiful floater. He's a slasher. He'll hit a couple of shots. And so it's that versatility of being two-way. And when I think about the football team and I think about a guy who's two-way, I think of John John Vons. And to Ooh. me, it's John John Vons, you know, that hybrid, uh, Will, between being a linebacker and being a safety. We talk so much about John John Vons being that kind of that Derwin James of UCLA. I'm going to I'm gonna go, I'm going to pop in the box, and then I'm going to go back into coverage. And the ability to kind of play both styles of defense, whether it's going to be smash mouth, or whether it's going to be aired out, he can do both. Again, in football, you can't be a two-way player unless you're Dion. But, you know, this is as close to a two-way player as you can get playing football. And then, oh, by the way, he's two-way at UCLA with the football 
and with the baseball. I mean, he's absolutely killing it, as you know better than anyone will. You know, he's hit some home runs over the weekend against Oregon. So when I think of two-way, Jalen Clark, that is the essence of the Jalen Clark brand and what makes him so special. And when I think of two-way on football, that is John John Vaughn's to me at its essence. I love that pick. And it was not the guy I had in mind. But just a shout-out to John John Vaughn. What like if you UCLA fans are not paying attention to what this guy is doing on the baseball diamond, he is leading the Bruins in home runs right now, while also being a part-time full-time linebacker in the Pac-12. This guy is a beast, and I think he's gonna have a huge year. The guy I went with, Madman, for this specific Jalen Clark is when I see Clark, and I saw him last year as a true freshman, he came in, you know, highly recruited guy. And, you know, he he fell in line with Mick Cronin's system where nothing is handed to you. You're going to have to work your ass off. You're going to have to get on the floor. And, boy, did he make the most of it. But we saw those flashes, those little flashes last year where it's like, give Clark another year, and this guy's going to be special. And the guy for me, both defensive guys, Jalen Davies, two highly recruited guys. Davies, you know, the first year he's there, you know, three interceptions had – you know, the noticeable pick six in the Sun Bowl made a couple throughout the rest of the season. But when I think of upside, Clark is Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. I think there's a real scenario out there where if Davies builds upon his success this year, that he could be the best corner within the Pac-12 and be in the running, you know, potentially for Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, knowing his talent, knowing the coaching staff that's going to be coming to Westwood with DeAnton Lynn and the Cody Whitfields, those type of guys. I just think upside with Davies because I think he can be, you know, a top three round draft pick if he realizes that ceiling. Um, you know, I think like Clark, Clark's going to be a lottery pick, you know, either this year or next year, you know, God willing with that injury. What do you think about the Jalen Davies, you know, pick with a guy like Jalen Clark? Because he's not there yet, but I think Davies has everything in him to be there at some point. I, I love it, Will. And I love that sort of approach that you took in terms of, the pedigree of where kind of they came from in terms of their origin, working so hard to be able to sort of make that next step in terms of becoming not just an important piece of the puzzle, but then a star on the team. And I think Davies has all of that potential. And I think you said it best. They're both great perimeter defenders. They're both great long athletes. They're both named Jalen, uh, you know, so there, there's, there's a lot There's a lot to like there in terms of similarity. And, oh, by the way, I think Davies has an opportunity to be a two-way player next year on, on the punt return and the, the kick return side. I think he's shown enough in terms of ball skills to at least give that a try. And I think he's going to be sort of at least in consideration for Chip in terms of what to do there. So we could even get that two-way element with Davies as well. And I completely agree with you. The jump that he will make will be the key difference in one of the, the major differences in how well this team makes that jump. If you recall last year, UCLA 27-8, and eight, very good team, but, you know, fell in the Sweet 16. This year's team is making that jump to go back to the Final Four and want more. And so when you think about the football team being 9-4, and four, kind of flirting with greatness, but not quite to this team now that's not just going to flirt with greatness, they're going to make out with greatness. They're going to marry greatness. They're going to have kids with greatness. And, and you know, Jalen Davies could be a huge part of that moving forward. So I love the thread. Love it, man. We are through Hawkes, Campbell, and Clark. 
Thus, for our UCLA fans, we're off to an excellent start comparing these dudes. We're going to bring it to a guy that I think is pretty obvious, but I do want to allude with this fact because we do love to talk about basketball. Amari Bailey has been kind of the, if this guy gets it right, if this guy gets an opportunity, watch out. And we saw that on that dunk that was called back in the Pac-12 tournament. You know, even coming off the bench, I think a large portion of this year, he was fourth in the team in scoring, made some plays. You know, he this guy is clearly one of the more talented guys on the roster, if not the most talented with his future there. Um, I think I know who you're going to go with on this one just because of pedigree, like we've talked about in the past. But I do want to say this with Amari Bailey as well. He can have his Carmelo Anthony moment in the tournament if he rises to the occasion, especially without the likes of a Clark. You know, Bona's going to be back. But that's still, you know, he's going to be working back into game shape, I think, a little bit with the, you know, going to the UNC Asheville game. The stage is yours, Amari Bailey. You came to Westwood to make an impact. But I also want to get to the comparison. Amari Bailey, who is your direct, you know, guy on the football field that reminds you of what he brings to the table? So, Thriller, I'm going to throw a curveball, okay? Because I, I have a, I think I know where you're going with it. And I don't want to overstep there. I'm going to just kind of throw a different perspective here. For me, Amari Bailey, and I completely agree with you. I love the Carmelo Anthony comparison. I've been telling friends, colleagues, in saying that if UCLA wins the national championship, my odds-on favorite for most outstanding player is Amari Bailey because he is the guy that in this style of college basketball, he has something that Hawkes doesn't have, that Tiger Campbell doesn't have, that Singleton doesn't have, and that is the ability to create your own shot off the dribble. That, that is a very rare skill in the college game. And it's the guys that can do that. That is the separation outside of the physical stuff, outside of, you know, the frame and all the other things you can teach at the NBA level. What you can't really teach is the frame and the ability to get your shot off the dribble, to create your own shot and to create for others. And that's what makes Amari Bailey so special. Now, Amari Bailey has sort of scratched the surface of what he can do. Ooh. And we're saying that, look, if he kind of reaches the peak of what he can do, this is a championship team. And to me, from that angle, from that angle of the guy who's scratching the surface with the greatest upside, if you look at the UCLA team and say, who has kind of scratched the surface of what they can do what is this person's ceiling? And if this person gets it right, you're talking about a legit kind of conference championship contender and beyond. And to me, Amari Bailey is Kyle Ford. You know, Ooh. Kyle Ford for UCLA is that guy who, if he gets it right, we saw it at USC. He was the number two receiver. But obviously, that was Addison's world. They had Taj Washington. They had all of these other guys. There is nobody quite built like Kyle Ford in, in, on, on this UCLA team and really in the landscape of college football. Kyle Ford is this incredible pro prospect. Amari Bailey is an incredible pro prospect. Kyle Ford has scratched the surface of what he can do. Amari Bailey has only scratched the surface of what he can do. If Kyle Ford becomes a, a Drake London-esque player, which he kind of has the ability to do so, UCLA – is going to do whatever they want to do through Pac-12 play. And it's the same thing here. If Amari Bailey hits right and he he sort of reaches that 18 to 20 a game in the tournament, this is a team 
that's not only going to the final four, but they're threatening to cut down all of the nets. So for that reason, the potential, where the actual is and where the potential can go, to me, Amari Bailey is Kyle Ford. I love that take. And for people that forget, I think Kyle Ford has been in some of the most stacked receiving rooms. You know, Bolitnikov winners, high top 10 picks. You know, this guy has been a little overshadowed by those. But this guy was a very high recruit coming out, similar to what Bailey is. You know, I think he switched to UCLA for more of an opportune situation for him. And we're going to see that play out, you know, for, you know, odds on the first pass-happy UCLA Bruins team we've had under Chip Kelly. You know, a pass-first style, which I am excited to see, man. I think it's going to be really fun to integrate those two guys. Spoiler, the other guy on the side of Kyle Ford, I got him coming in at some point during this conversation. I'm not going to say when. Uh, but the guy that I believe to be the most similar to an Amari Bailey, pretty obvious, Dante Moore. And I think I want to say this. I think we we predict Bailey, you know, kind of he kind of started off a little slow, kind of coming into his end, his own at the end of the season. I think that's a best win scenario for UCLA fans if Dante Moore starts to feel it at the end of his freshman year with more time, with more reps. I think that is going to be the situation we're going to keep a close eye on. There's going to be some frustrating moments with Dante Moore to start. I'm just going to say it like that is the reality of a true freshman quarterback starting NCAA football. However, if he is peaking like an Amari Bailey is right now to end the season, like I anticipate him too. he's too good, too talented, not to be the true freshman starter this year and not to be making plays by the end of the year. That's the guy for me, because if this guy gets it right and he can go to that another level. And I think you can ask anyone in Pac-12 stats. We probably have one of the best defensive lines within the Pac-12. We probably have one of the best linebacking rooms in the Pac-12. Run game, I'm not even going to go there because it's not even worth debating because we're that nice on it. Tight end room. why We have pretty much everything. And I, you know how I feel about the secondary. If Dante Moore can go to that another level, we could be talking about making our version of the Final Four. You know, when it comes to college football, if Moore truly is the chosen one. So I think for both of those, Bailey trying to get UCLA the Final Four, Dante Moore trying to get UCLA football to the Final Four, I think it's a natural comparison. What do you think about that, Matt? Absolutely, thriller. And that was, you know, that's the other one, right? That's the that's the mainstream, you know, perfect sort of mirror image there. And I wanted to throw a curve. I'm gonna throw one more curve at the end, you know, to sort of solidify it. But I, I completely agree with you, right? When you look at who's the guy with sort of this massive upside who, who can really be the centerpiece of the team to win the championship, like you think Amari Bailey, you think Dante Moore, you, you think of Dante Moore in some angles, number two recruit in the country, some number three recruit in the country. Amari Bailey was the number one recruit in California. And so five-star, five-star, decorated, decorated. You know, there was a special on Amari Bailey just yesterday about him walking through uh, the basketball center and just talking about all the great players that have played here before and what an honor it has been to play at Poly Pavilion and be a UCLA Bruin. And you can tell that Dante Moore talks very similar to Amari Bailey about what it means to be a UCLA Bruin and wanting to come and play for Chip and that legacy, but also that Bruin legacy. So they they don't just play big and have big potential. They think big and they act big. And, and that's where that similarity makes so much sense to me. And, and look, from your mouth, Will, to God's ears, that Amari Bailey is the most outstanding player of the 2023 tournament. I'll tell you right now, Will, you are going to have to find somebody to do this show for four weeks 
Okay, if UCLA wins the whole thing, because I'm going to lose my voice for a month if that happens. All right, I'm going to be drinking hot tea and soup. It's going to be Indian chai and Persian black tea to get my throat back to a place where I can actually provide value to the Bruin Bible if the Bruins win the whole thing in basketball. Yeah, we're going to get requests from the viewers going, where's Madman? You know, it's middle of May at this point. I'm going to be like, last we heard from him was Bourbon Street two weeks ago. We have not heard or found him whatsoever since then. Final Four is in Houston this year, uh, so that should be pretty fun. New Orleans, a very easy drive from Houston. Just going to throw that out of your way, Madman. When you're on the victory tour celebrating, are you still a Bruins taking it down? We got two more guys I want to touch on. You know, we're not going to get to Mac Etienne on this show. I'm sorry, UCLA fans. Uh, we're going to be talking about David Singleton and Adam Bona. So these two guys. Um, which guy do you want to go with first? And I'll, I'll let you just it's, it's your world thriller. I just live in it. It's it's your your call. Easy, brother. Easy. Uh, we'll go with David Singleton. We'll go with David Singleton. Um, I have a good comparison for this guy. I'm excited for you to hear him. You, as always, lead us off, brother. So, Thriller, I think this is where there's going to be, you know, some some crossover in terms of, you know, order, right? I mean, there's some guys that you picked and, and vice versa. When I think of David Singleton, I think of a guy who provides a very necessary value to this team, and he's one of the guys that sort of uniquely provides it. And so David Singleton, to me, is – the shooter on this team because there, there are nights where UCLA kind of ebbs and flows offensively. There are nights where they're just clicking on offensive uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And then there are nights where there are droughts and it gets crowded in the paint and spacing. Hawkes likes to sort of operate in the mid post. Jalen Clark likes to operate in the mid post. Tiger feels his best when he's in the mid range, even Amari Bailey with that, that first step left. And he loves to sort of bring the ball over and go left. All these guys are some, sometimes drive-first guys. And so when you have four drive-first guys, the, the, the court gets a little crowded and it becomes a little bit challenging. Singleton is the guy who's the pure knockdown shooter that's able to kind of solidify things for the team and does so very beautifully. And so to me, when I think of you know the team offensively, who is the guy that's going to kind of do the thing that no one else can really do on this team for next year. You know, I think of Sturdivant and, you know, as the guy who is going to be, you know, that deep threat, the, 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 you know, what's the thing that Kyle Ford can't do, the thing that the other receivers can't do, he's going to stretch that field vertically. Very important. The way David Singleton can stretch the court, Sturdivant is going to be able to stretch the field. And the way that Singleton can kind of uniquely do it for this UCLA roster, Sturdivant can sort of only uniquely do it for the UCLA football roster. And so shooting is so imperative in March and being able to throw the ball downfield is so imperative in December and January. And so to me, that is sort of a match made in heaven when you kind of sync those two guys up, especially when you look at the modern games. In March Madness, you have to be able to shoot down the stretch of games, be able to stretch those teams out that play these great zone defenses and obviously in college football especially in this version of the Pac-12 with these great quarterbacks you have to be able to throw the ball down the field to be able to get chunk plays to sort of stay on schedule on the scoreboard so to me Singleton is Sturdivant Sturdivant is Singleton 
man, well, you took my pick, and it just shows that you're just we think similarly when it comes to this. I think it was a phenomenal pick. And the word that comes to mind for me is X factor. If David Singleton hits, you know, three to four threes a game. You're feeling like we should win this game. There's no reason we should lose. If Singleton's providing that extra little spice that he does, that you're right, nobody else can do. He is shooting an astounding 43% from three this year. And in comparison, the next closest guy with enough reps to qualify is actually Amari Bailey at 35. That is a huge gap. Like, they need Singleton's threes, especially in March. And just that big play. The three ball is a big play in basketball. It's the most points you can get on a single shot when it comes to that game. And I think with Sturdivant and that speed, man, he's the X factor for UCLA coming into next year. We saw what he was able to do with Cal. And if he can just have those three to four big plays, maybe similar to what Bobo did on third downs last year in big situations, you know, that's the X factor. That's what it takes to win these tight you know, lip ball games, it could come down to just a broken play where Sturdivant goes for 60 yards. And that's the difference of the game. Like that's how close it can be against these Utahs, these USC's, these different, you know, situations. And I love the pick because I think Sturdivant and Singleton, both X factor guys, both guys, if they're clicking, there's no reason your team should lose. I love both those guys. So Madman, phenomenal, phenomenal pick. Uh, and that brings us into our last guy. Bona, a guy that came out of nowhere this year, 1.7 blocks a game as the big man. He has really been just a fan favorite this year from him kind of coming out of nowhere and making a big splash for UCLA's roster. Bona's an interesting one, and I'm interested to hear your take on who you picked for the last guy in the Bruin March Madness to 2003 football, you know, uh, you know, transfer crossover. So what do you got for me, Madman? So, Thriller, this one, I'm going to throw a real curveball to you, and, and it, it may shock you. But, you know, when you look at this UCLA team, and I, I follow UCLA basketball as religiously as I follow UCLA football, when you talk about who is the most valuable player on the UCLA basketball team, to me, without question, it is Adam Bona. Adam Bona gives this team a dimension that – takes them from a very good sweet 16 type of team to a team that can win it all. And, 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 you know, that was sort of a testament even to the fan base as much as I love Jalen Clark and I love Jalen Clark more than anyone. When Jalen Clark Clark got hurt, we were devastated. But then when you stopped and thought about it and said, you know what, if Singleton and Dylan Andrews play by committee the way they're capable of playing, we can sort of offset Jalen Clark. You cannot offset Adam Bona. Adam Bona is an absolute physical freak. He is a terror. The way he clogs up the middle, the way he rebounds, the way he defends, the way he blocks shots, the way he is an anchor in the middle, he changes the whole geometry of the game for UCLA. And it's the reason why this team... Everyone is so excited about this team, even more than the Howland 2006 to 2008 UCLA teams, because those teams, as great as they were, even with Love and Westbrook, they ran into Greg Oden at Ohio State. They ran into Joachim Noah at Florida. And those were always the teams that sort of knocked UCLA out. Two of the three years that we were in the Final Four knocked out against Florida because we, we had no answer for Noah and then to a certain extent Al Horford. 
the way as much as college basketball is a guard game, you go from good to great when you have a transcendent big man. You know, think about Carl Anthony Towns and that that fabled 38 and one Kentucky team. Think about the DeMarcus Cousins. Think about Jaleel Okafor at Duke. Think about these bigs that have transformed these teams for a particular season. The reality is that the big man in college basketball, when you have an elite big man, he can transform your season the way a great quarterback can transform your season in football. And to me, as shocking as this may sound, Adam Bona is Dante Moore to me because he is the guy takes you to that next level. And he is, UCLA has no chance without Adam Bona. That's why we were so, so on our edge when Adam Bona got hurt in in that semifinal against Oregon because we were like, we got no shot without Bona. Like, we're a good team, but without Bona, we have no shot. Without Clark, we can still win it all. Without Bailey, we could still win it all if Clark was there. These other guys are somewhat interchangeable. The one guy you cannot replace, the one guy who's completely... Uh, non-interchangeable. The one guy who changes the geometry, the projection of your season, of your strategy, of your game is Adam Bona. Dante Moore changes the whole complexion, the whole trajectory, the whole strategy of UCLA football. He is irreplaceable. If if we lose Kyle Ford, there's probably, by committee, we can replace him. We lose Sturdivant, by committee, you can do something. TJ Harden, by committee, you can do something. John John Bones, you can do something. You lose Dante Moore, your whole season is over. You lose Adam Bona, your whole season is over. So Bona, to me, as crazy as it sounds, to me is the Dante Moore of UCLA basketball. No, I love it. And you broke that down so eloquently, you know, just talking about the unlocking of the team and reaching their ceiling, you know, with Dante Moore. He's clearly the guy that we've tabbed as the guy that's going to be able to take UCLA over the top. Bona, clearly the guy for this year. I have a different guy than you when it comes to this point. And the guy that I wound up with, and it, it, it deals with defensive intensity, and you mentioned it, just being the anchor in the middle and making a difference, a different point that UCLA's had, and a guy that they weren't expecting to break out. That, for me, is Jay Toya. Jay Toya being the anchor of the defensive line. You know, Bona with those 1.7 blocks per game, what he's been able to do defensively, has allowed this team to go out and run and gun with Tiger Campbell on the fast break. I think what Toya can do in the middle for UCLA is the anchor of the defense, kind of that tone setter, the the physical presence of a Toya and a Bona. Those are difference makers when it comes out of the football field. And we saw it. We saw the tip of the iceberg with Toya in the Sun Bowl, those three tackles for a loss, those 12 total tackles. You know, even, you know, you know, pressured the quarterback multiple times to his credit. Nick Patty just made plays out there. So that pocket was collapsing, you know, at, at a rapid rate. I think Toya is the key to unlocking this defensive line to being the best it's been in UCLA, the way Bona has unlocked probably the best big man prospect UCLA's had in a decade plus. What do you think about the final selection, Toya to Adam Bona? I love it, Will. I love it because, you know, mine was more symbolic. And yours was more game stop. And, and that's what I love about this exercise. And I completely agree with you. When you look at it from the lens of game style and you look at who is the anchor in the middle, who is going to sort of solidify another team not making a run 
you know, there's a run in basketball and there's a run in football. And who is your run stopper? In many ways, that is what Adam Bona is in basketball. And that's absolutely what Jay Toya is in football. When you talk about who's in the middle, who has got the size, who is imposing, who is intimidating, and who gets after it, and who's nasty. That is Jay Toya, and that is Adam Bona. So when you look at game styles, and in terms of kind of getting that toughness and that physicality as a team, that's what these guys do both so beautifully. And in that regard, I mean, you, you nailed it completely in terms of game styles. I absolutely love the comparison. Love it, man. That concludes the one and only cross-reference draft of UCLA basketball players in March Madness, comparing them to the UCLA football players we currently have on roster. Madman, hell of an idea. Anything we got to plug outside of the great Los Angeles Football Network uh, to end this great episode? Thriller, this is, wouldn't this be a special year? And this is the time, the, the madness is about to begin tomorrow. It's already started with the first four, but for UCLA, the madness starts tomorrow. We're, let's dream big, Bruin, Bruin Nation. Let's dream big. And by dreaming big, this is the time. Go to sleep tonight. Have big dreams. Is this the year? Is 2023 the year that 2006, 2007 was for Florida? When Florida was able to win the national championship in football and basketball, why can't 2023 year be the year for UCLA to do both? Win the national championship in basketball and football. In the words of the great Russell Westbrook, former UCLA, uh, great, you know, why not us? Why not me? Why not? Let's go make it happen. Let's dream big. And step one is, is the madness here in March. And then let's get ready for an incredible fall. Why not us, Bruin Nation? Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you're liking and subscribing our UCLA YouTube channel. Make sure you're following all the good stuff we got going on at the LA Football Network. We got great stuff coming around. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back later this week. Bruin Bible, we are officially 